Welcome to this very first episode of this podcast about presenting science in the best way possible. And in this very first episode, the title is Begin with the End in Mind. Why it is so important to always start with thinking of the end. What is it that you want to gain? And maybe also, what is it that your audience or your readers want to gain from you? Welcome to this podcast about how to present science. I am Marloes ten Kate, and I want to help you thrive in communicating science. So, let's go! So, what is the best way to present science? Maybe you are a researcher yourself and you want to communicate about your research to the world. Could also be that you are a science communicator, not necessarily doing research yourself, but you facilitate, you help other people uh, to communicate their science. Or, you know, you, you want to bring scientific knowledge across to a broader audience. Regardless of your background, I assume you want to become a better science communicator and therefore you've ended up at this podcast. Welcome, great to have you here. I've got your back and welcome to this very first episode of this podcast on how to present science. Here you will be able to find tips and tricks to guide you along and to improve your scientific communication skills. My name is Marloes ten Kate. I am co-founder of Scientific Storytelling, together with David Redeker. And at Scientific Storytelling, we uh, provide workshops, uh, training, coaching for scientists who want to use storytelling tools to create um, more accessible ways of communication about their science. And I'm also a presentation coach. Um, that company is called Take the Stage. And there I train scientists. The majority of that is being in groups. Sometimes it's also one-on-one -on -one sessions. And that is all to be able to create the most effective presentation possible and to make a really genuine, cool, good, solid connection with their audience. So this also means that because I'm a presentation coach by nature, um, the examples that I have in mind and that will, I will, will also bring them up during this uh, podcast and probably in every podcast to come, Um, they will all be about talks, about lectures, about elevator pitches and stuff like that. So all the like verbal ways of communication in the realm of um, presenting on stage. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all the techniques that I'm talking about are only applicable for um, presenting on a stage with a microphone, right? If you feel like, mm, you know, I'm not that much of a speaker. I'm more of like a writer, for example. Um, please stick around. I do think that a lot of the information um, is still very useful and applicable for you. Um, but just be aware that the lingo that I will use will be in the realm of presentation techniques. So, for example, I tend to talk about your audience. But you can also translate that in your head to your readers, for example. So the title of this first episode is called Begin with the End in Mind. It's very important before you start communicating, in this case, creating a presentation, to first start off to think, okay, what is there to gain? Why, you know, should, should I put in the effort and the time in it to prepare a talk or whatever kinds of communication you want to want to create? You know, you, you will put in time, effort, energy. Why? 
there should be something to gain there. If there is nothing to gain for you, I would simply decline the invitation, if, if it were, uh, or simply you know, never start doing it. So there should be something to gain, not just for you, but also for the audience. There is always a win-win scenario. All right, so that's one. Begin with the end in mind. Before creating a presentation, what is there to gain? The second one is actually when communicating. So in this case, I talk about providing a presentation for your audience specifically. At the start of a talk, you also begin with the end, which sounds a little bit weird because in a way, what I'm saying here is that you start a talk with your conclusion. Now, of course, this is not reality. Of course, we will never ever start with, okay, so to conclude this talk, la, 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 la. But the start of a good presentation actually resembles your conclusion quite a lot. I will talk more about that in the second episode of this podcast. But first up, the most, most, most important part, and this is even before you actually start preparing a talk, is this question, what is there to gain? What is there to gain for me specifically and for my audience as well? Now, with every presentation training, before we start creating a presentation, there are three questions that I ask my attendees to first um, write it down for themselves. We don't actually need to spend a lot of time on these three questions, even when you just have a couple of minutes. That can already make a tremendous difference. But we do need to go through these three questions. We cannot simply skip these three questions. And when in a few moments I will share these three questions with you, you probably think, yeah, okay, so, you know, this wasn't rocket science. Probably I could have thought of this myself as well. And yeah, probably you, you, you could. The thing is that people tend to forget it. So what happens a lot of the times is that um, a speaker... So let's say you, you want to uh, give a talk in a, few, uh, uh, in a few moments. Let's say that you have a team meeting coming up and you have uh, an update about your research. Maybe you're going to talk about a conference um, and, and share uh, the recent, recent paper that you've published. Uh, maybe you talk to a committee uh, and you want to you know, get funds, uh, get subsidy, get, get money. And maybe you want to get hired by a company or you want to have a collaboration. Whatever your audience is and whatever the goal is, um, never ever just start with opening up PowerPoint and thinking, okay, so hmm, do I have slides from previous talks that I could merge here? Yeah, how should I start? Maybe create a title page first, right? This is not the best way to start. I do feel, however, that this is the majority of the people out there that are doing it in this way. It's like, okay, I need to create a presentation. Let's create the presentation. And most of the times people start then with the slides. I'm not really fond of this technique because I think before you actually craft the presentation, first, we need to set a few borders. Um, the time is always limited when presenting. Sometimes it's very short, five minutes. Sometimes it's 12, 30 minutes. The majority of the times it doesn't exceed an hour. If you have done research for several years, there is no way, even when you have one hour, and even if you are the keynote speaker on a, on a conference, you know, and you get, you get all the opportunity to share your, your knowledge, even then, it's never, ever possible to share everything that you know and all the knowledge that you have gained. 
you are an expert for a reason. And the people in the audience, there is always a knowledge gap. Even when you are just a PhD student and even when you are only there six months into your research project, you know, someone else lacks this uh, these six months of, of time, energy and, and uh, effort that you have already put into this research. So never underestimate the own um, experience level that you already have. All right. So that being said, um, there is a challenge. And this means that you need to think beforehand, what will I share? And in other words, what won't I share simply due to this time limit? There are three questions that are very, very helpful before starting to create a presentation. So even before opening a PowerPoint, by the way, I have a love-hate relationship with PowerPoint. I think you can give tremendous talks without using any slides at all. But maybe that's a topic for a different kind of podcast. Um, So here are the three questions. The first one is quite basic. What? What is it that you would like to share? Right? This will give you just simply a little bit of um, a basis framework okay so it could for example be well I'm at a conference I would love to share uh, the content of my latest publication great this already gives you a little bit of an idea right so the what then the second question is who who will be in my audience today who is sitting in front of me and then the third question is why so we have what who and why and why means why do you present anyway? Um, you could also say, in other words, what is your goal? What is there to gain for you? Um, what motivates you to give this presentation? This, to me, is a very important question. And I feel like people have a little bit of an idea why they should present, but they don't make it really explicit and concrete. But it's actually really helpful to do this beforehand. Um, The more concrete you make it beforehand, the easier the process of creating a talk is. During a talk, you will encounter numerous amounts of times of like, okay, should I include this or should I not? Should I explain this or should I not? Should I give an example with this or should I not? Should I show this graph or should I not? Should I show these three graphs maybe or all three not? If I explain this, maybe I should also include this because, you know, this part nuances this part, etc., 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 etc. There are so many questions um, and and points of making a decision uh, when crafting a talk that it is very helpful if you have set a framework for yourself, a context for yourself beforehand, and this will guide you along. And therefore, not only will your talk be better, it will also be more um, efficient in your preparation. So it will actually save you time. So the message in the end, the, the, the knowledge that you bring across in the end will be more understandable for your audience. And at the same time, it's also a win situation for you. Okay. So, Let's go through these three questions. Um, The what, we will leave that for now as it is. Okay, so you have a little bit of an idea what what it is that you want to talk about. And uh, just in a broad general sense, that's good enough for now. The who is your audience. Just a little bit in a broad sense is is also good enough uh, for now. 
Um, and the why, the why is very, very important. So we dive into that one right away. And that one is very linked also to the who. So um, the why could, for example, be, well, I would love it if people understand that recycling plastic materials is very important for the environment, right? We end up with, with, with plastic waste everywhere and there are micro um, pieces of plastic found in, in sea life. We eat it. It's maybe even in our lungs, etc., etc. Could be, for example, that your why is to um, inspire people to recycle more plastic. It could also be that your why, so the goal, what it is that you would like to gain with your presentation, is that you would love it if people would collaborate with you. Maybe you want to have feedback on your work or get new ideas or new insights um, for new research proposals, for example, uh, or new methods that you might try out. Maybe someone has um, knowledge that you can build up on. Could also simply be that your why is, well, actually, I simply want money. Now, let's go for that one. And um, getting money could also be in various forms of ways. It could be potential investors. So maybe it's a company uh, that you would like to have money from. Um, it could also be that there is some kind of committee in front of you um, who says, well, you know, uh, we might want to add you in our portfolio, but there are some, some guidelines where you, you, know, you need to fit into. And uh, we would like you to present your work so we can make a decision if we will select you or not. These kinds of goals align with an audience, right? If you um, want uh, investors to invest, if this is your goal, it's logical that this is a presentation then in front of investors, right? Or in front of this committee who is going to um, de make a decision whether or not they select you. Um, so if you would say, well, I would like people to recycle more plastic, then probably your audience is not this big company, is not this uh, committee, etc. Maybe it's laymen in general. So your who, your audience and your why, they align with each other. Now, this may sound a little bit um, silly to explain. It may sound like, yeah, of course we know. Um, but still, I do find um, sometimes that there are attendees at a training, at a presentation training present, um, who have a certain kind of goal phrased, but actually it's the thing that they want is not accessible with that audience. So for example, somet sometimes if, if I give a, like a very a silly example, it would be like, I, I want money for my research, but the presentation is for... Um, layman audiences so probably they won't give you money right so think of who is in my audience and what is my goal with them specifically so what could I gain from those people sitting in front of me on that very specific occasion so then we can um, define this goal a little bit more specific we can think long-term, medium-term, and very, very short-term, which I call the call to action, which is aligned also with your audience. So we also uh, need to think of, okay, you know, why should my audience be willing to listen to that? What is, what is there to gain for them? So these questions are very um, uh, aligned with each other. They, 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 are, they are intertwined with, it, with each other. 
Um, because, you know, if you want, for example, to ask from money for a company, they, they of course, won't give you that for free. There should be something in return for them as well. And why should people recycle plastic, right? There should also be a return for them. And in this case, it could, for example, be, well, um, maybe you feel a little bit guilty now, or maybe you are worried about the uh, the, cl- the 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 state of the world is in right now. Maybe you've heard uh, all these stories, you read uh, articles in the news about all this um, pile of waste piling up. Well, there is good news. There are simple techniques out there. Yada yada. Let me help you guide you through what you can do on an everyday basis, so you can feel proud on yourself. And um, yeah simply don't feel guilty <laughs> you know you can feel proud that you actually help the world to become a better place this for example could be the gain for the audience when talking about recycling plastics to a layman audience okay but first let's let's go uh, back to your own goal so what is there to gain for you what motivates you to um, present long-term goal medium goal call to action Most of the times I find it is a bit easier to start with a long-term goal and then work your way towards the the smaller timeframes. So talking about a long-term goal, what a long-term goal defines for you, as in what is long-term, you can um, choose for yourself. For some people, it is a couple of months. For some people, it's a year. For some people, it's 10 years. For some people, it's an even longer timeframe. Um... So let's say, for example, well, I have uh, a presentation coming up. I'm talking about my research. I would love to inspire people to actually collaborate with me uh, because I'm as I'm I as a researcher, uh, you know, I can I can do stuff to a certain extent. I need people to collaborate with me to actually uh, create uh, a concrete impact in society. I need people, for example, policymakers uh, to actually apply my recommendations. I need um, companies uh, that will actually invest uh, to, 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 to change uh, certain kinds of policies within that company. Um, uh, maybe I need uh, investors, etc., etc. Okay, so you could, for example, say, so my long-term goal is that uh, in two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever it is, um, I have um, a network, I've built a network of people. Um, and uh, let's say that in a year, um, I am able to conduct a pilot study within a company. This company looks like this and this. And uh, the amount of people in my network is this and this amount of people. I have this and this amount of money to spend. And I have uh, two fellow experts on my side, namely someone who knows a little bit about this and someone who knows a little bit about that, who are, you know, kinds of expertise that I uh, would need in this uh, pilot study. And in a year, two years, three years, four years, uh, we are conducting this, this pilot study, for example. Um, right. It could also be, well, I want to be known for um, um, X, you know, whatever your field of expertise is. And I, I really want to gain more status. So uh, in a year, I want to have a lot of citations, for example. I want that everyone uh, out there who is, you know, vaguely doing something uh, on this topic that I'm working on has read all my papers, for example. 
Um, so it doesn't really matter. It could it could also be, for example, when when about talking about the recycling of the plastics, uh, that you want to create a healthier world, right? You want uh, the environment to thrive. So you would love it if the amount of plastics in a certain uh, area is reduced, right? Or the amount of recycled plastics um, uh, is higher. Stuff like that. It really doesn't matter what your goal is. Sometimes I feel scientists shy away a little bit for the more egoistic goals, if you will. So, for example, gaining status or creating um, a a cash flow. Um, But it is key to be really honest with yourself. um, Because the more concrete you have in mind what it is that you are aiming for, um, the better the results are be will be simply because it's easier to make choices along the way because with every choice you can think okay will this align with my long-term goal yes or no so the more specific the better we can also call this smart um so in what time frame what amount of people etc cetera, etc cetera. all right so usually what i do during a presentation training is you know I don't actually provide people with that much amount of time. I assume you could probably spend hours on this question. But if you just think about it broadly and you write some stuff down in a couple of minutes, you know, just take five minutes, most of the time you actually already have a really good idea. I've noticed that a lot of people, they actually already know because the presentation is not a standalone thing. You're doing your research for a reason. There is a reason why you get up in the morning every day from bed and and do what you do on an everyday basis. Probably there is... There is a passion. There is something that motivates you. And it's simply, you know, this is simply me asking you to, well, you know, write it down and commit to it for this occasion, for this, in this case, this presentation or whatever kind of science communication medium it is, way that it is that you want to get it out. All right. So that's long term. Then we get to let's call it middle term, medium term. Um, someone at a presentation training called it, well, we could maybe call it the first step needed. And I'd, I'd like that one. So the first step that is needed to uh, co- go to your long-term goal. So let's say, for example, um, let's go for, well, let's go for the collaboration again, right? We're building a network. Let's let's go for building a network, and and within this network, um, there are collaborations. So you want to uh, build a network to establish a certain kind of goal. Yada yeah, you've just written it down. Cool. And then what's the first step needed? You could, for example, say, well, maybe it's needed that um, I I simply get in contact, I get in touch with people who might potentially be interesting for me and who might be interested themselves to be part of this network. So, and here also, I assume that your audience aligns with your goal, right? Uh, If you talk to uh, friends and family, um, this will probably be a different kind of of presentation. So So I assume that the audience that is sitting in front of you consists of people who either are uh, potential interesting candidates for your network or that can help you to find those people. So then your call to action that we come to to, to a moment can also be, please get me in touch with people that you know uh, that might be interested in this. 
So what is the first step needed? Probably to uh, gain contact um, uh, details. So maybe um, when you have gathered email addresses from them, that might be the first step. Um, could also be that these people, uh, they already know you, they have heard of you. And then maybe um, uh, the next step is needed is to arrange a lunch meeting, right? Or organize uh, a webinar to provide more information, etc. Now, let's say, for example, your long-term goal is to gain status or to get a lot of citations, stuff like that, to, to, to be better known in the um, scientific community. Then it could be that you say, well, the first step that is needed uh, might be that people actually read a paper of mine. So um, you could, for example, say, okay, so here is the most recent publication I have. Um, you know, you might be interested in, in, in reading it. Uh, so here it is. Um, could be that your long-term goal is, for example, that you want people to eat more healthy. Right. I, I coached uh, someone who was working at a, um, in Dutch, it's called a hogeschool, a lector by a hogeschool. Uh, there is not really a good translation because hogeschool is a really Dutch thing, I believe. Um, but it's a university of applied sciences uh, in, in English, uh, like a professor, professor on the university of applied sciences. And uh, he came to me because he had a, a lecture coming up. It was for a really broad uh, audience. So no, not scientific related at all. And he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a nutritional expert and I really what would like people to understand more about how their bodies function. And so they also understand what uh, food is healthy and what food is not healthy uh, because there are a lot of misconceptions still about this and um, uh, I have one hour which is actually quite a lot of time uh, for a presentation like this uh, and I would really 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 would want people to 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 get some practical insights that you can use the next day forward so you know next day after they visited my talk when they are in the supermarket they actually know what to put in their basket and what to leave out Okay, cool. So his long-term goal is, you could say, to make uh, the Netherlands a more of a healthy country, right? If we if we think big and ambitious. And his uh, middle step, um, the first step that is needed, is that people need to have more knowledge about what is healthy food and what is not. Cool. Okay, so here we have a few examples. This already gives us a little bit of insight in what is needed to share and the information, what kind of information you need to share during your presentation. However, it could still be that your ask to the audience is too big. For example, if this professor on nutrition would say, so please eat more healthy from now on, right? Um, it could be that people still get a little bit lost in the amount of information that they had and that they, there are so many decisions still to be made um, because healthy eating is about so much um, that yeah, it could be that they simply think, okay, yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah, it makes sense what he's saying. I'll, I'll, I'll see about it, right? Could be that if you, for example, ask, if you want to create a network of collaborators, could be that if you ask, so if you're open to uh, be in this network that I'm building and collaborate with me, let me know. Could be that people think, yeah, yeah, could be interesting. You know, it was a solid talk with 
whatever kinds of arguments you you gave, you presented during the talk, might be that you've sparked their interest. So they are eager to lean into your request. But still they think, yeah, but you know, is my expertise the expertise that you that you want? Um, am I the right person for this? You know, I'm maybe, you know, some people, especially younger people, uh, they tend to really underestimate their own level of uh, experience, their own level of expertise. A lot of PhD students are, are, are really afraid that they shouldn't even present at all because they feel like they have nothing to share. Um, and this can also happen when you ask people to uh, to help you out. Some people even shy are shy about that because they feel like they, they lack the knowledge, which most of the times is not true at all. Uh, people tend really, really to underestimate their own level of expertise. But that being said, you know, it's still, there are a lot of decisions being made, okay? Um, still, if people, let's say that people don't shy away and they feel, okay, yeah, I could be, I could be beneficial to this network. You can also be beneficial for my network. Cool, cool, cool. But how will it look like? Should I then email you? Should I phone call you? Should I have a lunch meeting with you? Should I, um, I, are you going to start a newsletter? Should I go to your webpage? Do you even have a webpage? Should I first read an article about this? Should I, you know, what, what does this collaboration look like? Is it like uh, a full-time job? Because, you know, I, I also have my own job. I don't know if I want that. Like what, what time frame are we, are we looking at? You know, there, there are so many things still not clear, so many decisions to be made, if you will, that the ask is too big. If you ask people to recycle plastic, could also be that people still think, uh, yeah, like, like all the all the plastic. Like, should I shouldn't I buy any more plastic, or could I just consume the way I do and and simply just just throw all all the plastics away in in, in the same bin? But also, like, is that the the, the food packaging, the wrappers, and like uh, a broken toy of my child? Is that the same kind of plastic? So the more um, the, the 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 bigger the ask, the more um, indecisive your audience will be. So let me give you an example on a right method on how to do that, and then we come to the um, the smallest time frame, which I call the call to action. Um, the call to action is um, basically the the question: What is there to gain from your audience, or in other words, what is your ask from the audience? Um, really trickled down from your long-term goal to the first step that's needed to a very, very, very simple first question that you can ask your audience that they can respond to within a minute or less, either directly during your talk or directly after. So not a day after, for example, this this nutritional expert, if he wants people the next day to buy more healthy food in the supermarket, that's not a call to action, right? That's the middle step. That's the first step needed to come to the to to the longer um, to the longer goal. So okay, so the call to action. Okay, so let's say for example, you sit down on the couch. Has been a long day of work. You're watching some television. If you don't own uh, a television, you maybe uh, watch uh, something uh, online. Let's say YouTube or whatever, or you, you scroll through something. Doesn't really matter. However. What does matter is there is a commercial popping up. There's a commercial popping up and it is for, doesn't really matter, but let's say, let's go for trees for all. Okay, so here we have trees for all and they have these images of um, the world going into a disaster mode due to climate change. 
terrible things coming up. Uh, and fortunately, they have a solution because um, if you donate money to them, they can invest it in planting more trees and trees uh, will uh, help to reduce the carbon dioxide from our air. So, you know, we may um, uh, put a halt to uh, to climate change or at least do our best to uh, put in our best effort uh, by, by planting trees. Okay, so let's say, you know, this is their message, right? And let's assume that, um, that they did a really good job. And you think, yes, this is terrific. I align with their long-term purpose, right? So their long-term purpose is to eliminate climate change or at least come as close to it as we can by planting trees and eliminate uh, CO2, right? This is their long-term goal. And their first step goal uh, is, well, we need your money. <laughs> Please donate money to us so we can plant a tree, at least one tree, hopefully more. This, however, is not their call to action. Their call to action is not simply provide us money so we can buy trees. Because if that was, they're, they're, they're asked to you in this very short commercial of just uh, a few seconds, 10 seconds maybe, could be that you would be thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm motivated. Um, I think you're a good cause. I should give you money. So how should I do it? Should I go to your website? Do you have um, do you do you do you do you have people who are coming to ring on my doorbell and ask me for money? Should I just simply wait for that? Um, if I would provide money simply with a bank transfer, where would I be able to find your bank information? And how much money actually? What is a good amount of money? Like is one euro making any sense or would that be way too low? But you know, I don't have a hundred euros, but a tree, a tree would probably cost more than a hundred euros, right? Uh, and should it be just once or should it be a subscription? Well, you know, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And then oh, there is a next commercial popping up or you get an email and there you go. And your thoughts already go to some something else. So this is a pitfall that can happen. People might be, get motivated, might get interested, might align actually with your long-term goal. Uh, they might be interested in it, yada, yada, yada. And still they don't do anything. So your call to action is uh, for them to make it really accessible, to make a first step towards what aligns with your long-term goal. In this case, for example, it could be, uh, please help us plant trees, donate five euros once by texting tree to... 5353, right? So they already made all the decisions for you. They've already decided the amount of money to spend. Five euros. Once. No subscription. Um, they've already uh, decided, no, you don't need to do a bank transfer. Transfer. Uh, we will do it by text. Probably you have your mobile phone by hand, right? And this is the way to do it. So it's very accessible. You can do exactly the same th uh, thing also uh, during a presentation. So, um, uh, for example, this um, uh, professor from the uh, University of Applied Sciences who talked about nutrition, his call to action was as follows. He said... During the lecture, please close your eyes and please think of all the unhealthy snacks in your house. So now for me personally, those are um, chips. I really like uh, paprika chips, <laughs> to be specific. <laughs> 
and uh and chocolate by the way chocolate okay so he said okay so think of like the unhealthy snacks in your house and think of like where are they located right now and is there a location in your house where you can put them where it's just a little bit harder to reach them so now um, if you guys haven't seen me, uh, I'm quite short. <laughs> um, so in my kitchen, there are a few cabinets which are too high for me actually to, to reach. So I should um, either uh, climb on something or I should bring a chair and, and, and step on the chair or, or something like that. I, I simply can't reach with my arm to the highest cabinet there. My boyfriend does. He's a very tall dude. So what I did after... Um, he uh, he gave me this 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 recommendation. He he actually uh, invited me together with the entire audience to in my mind's eye put the chips and the chocolate in this area where it's very hard for me to reach. In this case, for me, it was like the top cabinet. It could also be in in the back of a closet, right, where you have something else in front of it. Uh, just make it you know not inaccessible, but a little harder to reach. Well, so um, from this day onward. After I, I've worked with this with this man on his lecture, he actually changed my life, like for the better, because the chips bags are now always, always in this high cabinet. And this means in, in, in practical sense, it means that I need to ask my boyfriend if he wants to um, grab them for me, which is always a little bit of an awkward moment because, you know, he's always like... Ah, Merluce, you're gonna eat chips again. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I think I think half of the times, at least half of the times, where I feel like mm, I could eat some chips, I'm like, yeah, or not. So it helped. And he also did it in a positive way. So where are all the healthy snacks in your house? So for example, if you have fruit, fruits uh, such as apples, bananas, stuff like that, uh, could you place them on a on a on a uh, in a place in your in your room in your uh, home, uh, where if you uh, enter your home, if you enter the, 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 for example, the living room, the area where you spend most of your time, where you immediately see it. And I thought, yeah, that's also genius, right? So from now onwards, the fruit bowl is, um, in this case, it's in the kitchen, it's not in the living room, it's in the kitchen, but it is uh, right in eyesight. So I always see the apples the entire day long, the chips I don't. Very, very simple call to action. He invited us to, in our mind's eye, uh, plan on making a first step, right? So chances will increase that we will actually do it. I did it and I wouldn't be surprised if m more people in the audience would have done the same thing. Um, the same thing can also be addressed. Uh, let me see what other things. Oh yeah. So for example, when you say, well, I want to, I want to be the expert. I want to gain status. I want to do a lot of citations, et cetera, et cetera. If this is your long-term goal. And the first step to, to that is that people actually read a scientific paper of yours. Uh, what could then be the call to action? What could then be the call to action? You could, for example, say, here is a QR code. On my slide, please, right now, get out your phone, scan this QR code, it will redirect you directly to my paper. Please download the paper on your phone, right? Because if you would ask people, please read my paper, that is not uh, a sufficient call to action because during the time of your talk, people probably won't have the time to actually read it. Or you should hand out the paper and, and really pause long enough time for people to actually read it. But 
probably <laughs> this I've never <laughs> seen that happen. <laughs> I think that might be a funny thing if that would actually happen. Um, so uh, so the call to action is even smaller, right? The call to action in this case is please go to my paper, please download it. So you have it at hand. If you want to build a network of people, you could, for example, also say, here is a QR code, please scan it. It goes to a Google form asking you for your name and your email address. If you are interested and want to know more, please leave your email address and I will send you an email with a bit more of information. And for example, you can put them on a newsletter. You can invite people for an actual event for everyone who is interested. You might host an online webinar. Whatever it is that you feel is the second step that is needed. So a call to action is something that aligns with your long-term goal. But it is something uh, where you have made all the decisions already for your audience, making it very, very accessible for them to add to your request. If you have thought about all these aspects beforehand, it makes it way easier to actually create your presentation because you are, you know what the end in mind is. At the end in mind, you want people to eat more healthy so they should know what is healthy and what's unhealthy and you want to ask them to, in their mind's eye, place the healthy stuff uh, in reach and the unhealthy stuff out of reach, right? Um, uh, and this also, um, this is also the same thing when you have like a very fundamental uh, uh, research topic. Then also there is something that you want to provoke with that um, with that uh, presentation. So even when you feel like, well, I I simply only want to inform people, I want to educate people with my uh, newest results. You know, there is also a reason for that. Right? How, how will the world be a better place if, if your audience is aware of your latest results? How is that better for them and how is that better for you as well? So here again also you can, you can define a goal. And it doesn't necessarily always need to be like a commercial call to action. Right? It doesn't always need to be, you, you always need to have a, a QR code at the end. Um, but it is very, very beneficial to always uh, think of like, okay, so after my presentation, you know, what has changed? What has changed for the better for me and for them? And this helps you to eliminate information and to put in exactly um, the red thread that you need in your presentation. I could talk about this way, way more, but then this podcast would, would become too long. So I'll Save that for a different kind of podcast. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? To who? Who is your audience and why? So a little bit about your who, the audience. Because it could be that you have a really clear goal in mind that you know why you want to present, what, what there is at stake for you, what there is to gain for you, yada, 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 yada. But it could still be that your audience is like, yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> why should I be interested, right? I I just simply came to this conference to be informed about uh, the latest publications. Uh, I just came to this team meeting because, uh, well, you know, I, I I didn't even really check my agenda who who was doing a team update. But uh, yeah, after that, we're going to have lunch together, right? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, I just came for the team meeting just because, you know, it was basically mandatory uh, or whatever reasons why the audience is, is, is sitting there. They, they are sometimes really motivated to hear your story. story. Sometimes they're just 
just minorly motivated to hear your your story. So there should also be something to gain uh, from your story for them. Okay, so how to do that? What you can think of when you think of your audience, it might be helpful to create a persona. A persona is um, can be a fictional character, so someone who doesn't actually exist, but it could also be uh, a person who will actually be in your audience or someone that you know that will resemble the people sitting in your audience. So, um, for example, when you have a talk about healthy food to lay men, you could, for example, think uh, um, of your, uh, your, your, your mother, uh, the neighbor from next door, uh, maybe your, your your grandfather, right? Someone who has no clue about your research or at least not enough clue about your research so you can consider them laymen. You can frame this person in your mind's eye. If it is a potential investor, um, if it is a policymaker and you have some recommendations and you hope this person will actually apply these recommendations, all these kinds of people, you can create a picture in your head of what this person looks like. So give this person uh, an age, a face, a name, an occupation, etc. And then the most important question is, what is of interest to this person? Other ways of phrasing this question is, what is at stake for this person? What do they uh, worry about? What is it that motivates them to come to your talk? Because sometimes people have a deliberate uh, motivation to actually come and listen to you. In that case, it's really beneficial to think about that beforehand. What what do they hope to gain from my talk? Could also be um, that there is something um, going on in, in, in their life. So what what... What in other words do you have to, what, what can you provide that is of interest for them? If you have a latest publication and you end with a QR code and you ask people, please read it. Why? If I am in your audience, how would lo- my life become better if I read your article? If you want me to collaborate with you, Why would I do that? If I give you money, how will that help me? If I want to uh, help you um, uh, with creating a healthier world and you ask me to recycle plastic, for example, you know, um, why why would I do that? So with all these these, um, goals that you can have and with every topic in your presentation, It should always align with the interest of your specific audience. It means that you can create an awesome presentation, a terrific presentation. It's clear, it's accessible, it has exactly the right kinds of examples. It has a really clear call to action, if you will. I mean, some scientists don't include call to actions and it's not always applicable in every presentation, right? But you have a really clear goal, etc., etc., but it's for the wrong audience. This actually happens a lot, that people have brilliant presentations and that the audience is sitting there and thinking, yeah, good talk, you know, interesting, 
keep up doing what you do. You seem passionate about it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why I should care about this. Why should I care? You know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. You seem, you seem like a nice, nice person. Uh, you're, yeah, uh, your, your, your research sounds, sounds solid and, and, and interesting, just not for me. So this is crucial. If the audience is not feeling that they are invested in whatever it is that you're talking about, then you could have a pre brilliant presentation and, 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 and present to a wall, right? So there should always be an alignment. It should always be a win-win scenario, not just uh, a win for you, but also a win for the audience. Vice versa, exactly the same. Win for your audience, always also a win for you, right? It's, it's always twofold. Everything should always be a win-win scenario. Good for you, good for them. Okay, so this is uh, the crucial question. What is of interest for them and how can you help them? How will your information help them? If you know these two aspects, what it is that you want to gain from the presentation and what you can provide to your audience, what it is that you have that will actually help them, then you already probably have eliminated aspects of information in the talk that are not beneficial to talk about. So you will have already, uh, you already know um, what should be in the presentation and what should not be in the presentation. For fellow scientists, it might be very helpful to talk about the specifics of your methodology, for example. When you talk to policy officers, they don't really care how you came up with these results, even though you might be very, very eager to talk about this. This is what you've done on an everyday basis, right? right? All the struggles, all the creati creative ideas, all the discipline that you've put into all this hard work. And here are people only interested in the results. Well, if this is the case, maybe only communicate the results, right? Um, it's really depending upon your audience what the aspects of your research are that should or should not be included in your talk. If, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your audience is simply not interested in it, please don't include it in the talk or um, make sure that you can bridge it towards their uh, interest. So for example, if you really, really want to talk to policy officers uh, about your specific methodology, make sure that you uh, make it understandable for them why they should care about this. What this makes, how this is relevant for them. Okay, so that was uh, the first part of begin with the end in mind. So before actually creating a presentation, always think of this. Um, what is there to gain for me? What is there to gain for the audience? In the next podcast, I'm going to enter um, the, the, the second part, which is um, you can also start a talk by beginning with the end. So this means that in a way, what you're doing at the start of a talk is resembling your conclusion. This may sound a little bit weird, but actually it works like a charm. When you write about science, you can use this by giving away the most essential information already in the title. And you can also give away the most um, essential information in your first linea of a text. So here also the same techniques apply. I will come back to that later in the second episode. So here is my call to action to you, and that is to subscribe to this podcast. So you won't miss out on any new episodes to come. 
I hope this one was helpful to you. If you have any questions regarding this episode or if you have a topic in mind, you would love me to include in the next one. Always feel free to email me. You can email me at marloes at scientificstorytelling.nl. And I hope to have you around in the next episode. Bye-bye.